Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. Remember, you can save $5 at checkout on trumplung7.com using our discount code LSS, as in Louisiana Sister Squad. On today's episode of Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, we're going to be speaking with Tammy. She is the co-host of Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast. You guys know that. She's also the owner and creator of Pitbull Digital Marketing. Today, we're going to be discussing breast implant illness. We're going to be talking about Tammy's experience with breast implant illness and her journey to recovery now that she is eight weeks post-op. This is a really important topic. Thank you so much for being willing to talk about it, Tammy. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's super important to continue to speak about it, even when you're healthy, so you can bring awareness to those that are considering breast augmentation and um, let them know all that's included in that. Not every woman will get sick, but a huge majority of them do, especially after a certain amount of time. So um, it's important to talk about the signs, the symptoms, things to look for, um, steps to take, and so on. Okay, awesome. We did our episode with Jeff Rose where we talked about breast implant illness um, with him and he already gave us, you know, a lot of information. So I'm looking forward to getting, you know, your firsthand experience to it as well as not only preventing people from getting it, but people that have breast implants could be suffering with these illnesses might not be aware. When we were speaking with Jeff and he's talking about the work they're doing at Aqua Plastic Surgery, he said something like, Uh, they're doing 11,000 explant surgeries a year. And we're talking about just one practice, even though that is the number one practice in the United States. um, I think that now you're seeing just an increase. I'm hoping that more awareness is being spread about what it is to have breast implant illness. So let's start from the beginning. What exactly is breast implant illness? Breast implant illness is basically like an allergic reaction to the silicone in your body. And if you're a woman out there with breast implants that says, oh, well, I don't have silicone, I have saline. Well, actually, they're all silicone on the outside. And I'm going to shift it a little bit to my story, which as much as I researched and learned and spoke about breast implant illness prior to my surgery, when I went in to have pre-op, with Dr. Black. She's a great doctor located in Metairie, Louisiana. Um, You know, she did her exam on me and she asked me if I knew like the four stages of capsules. And I was like, no, I don't actually. And so it's basically goes from thin to thick. My capsules were thin, so thin that you could see clearly through them. Um, And what happens is your body creates this capsule. However, it's not enough protection in between your body and the silicone of the breast implant. And it's, you know, so there's no barrier. So you're more likely to get sick. And she said the majority of her patients with super thin capsules around their implants are the ones that are the most sick. And women that come in and their breasts are hard, they have a super thick capsule. However, they're not typically the ones that are getting sick from the silicone. And whenever she did my explant, uh, she showed me the capsule right after I woke up from surgery. And it was exactly like she said, extremely thin. Wow. And so what breast implant illness essentially is, it's your body having an allergic reaction to all the nasty chemicals that make up silicone in breast implants. And some examples of the chemicals that are in breast implants. I know formaldehyde is one. Mm -hmm. Acetone, paint thinner, print ink. My goodness gracious. Yeah, there's more. There's, you know, you can look it up and it's, uh, you could find it under breast implant illness toxic soup, I think, if you even just go on Google. So yeah, it's, um, you know, I could maybe read further. Yeah. But it's it's a lot of stuff that once you get a quarter of the way down the list, you're like, I can't pronounce this or that, and that's scary. 
It's kind of like reading the ingredients on uh, food that comes yeah, in a basic, box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, yeah. Except for just a little bit more scary. It's in your body to stay. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and then with breast implant illness, you know, you have to think of it too is like your body is getting worn down and sick and your body's fighting all these toxic ingredients. And then you're also intaking toxic ingredients from food, water, the air, and it's kind of like never ending. So once you put that in your body, it's like the icing on the cake. And if you have breast implant illness, you may only experience a few light symptoms like brain fog, fatigue, um, whatever. Swollen lymph nodes. I think you even said headaches. Yeah, swollen lymph nodes, headaches, you know, like stuff that could be uh, definitely misdiagnosed as something else. However, the longer it goes, the more symptoms you'll get and the worse it's going to get. And I feel like um, I didn't have a ton of visible symptoms. I definitely had incredible inflammation in my body. uh, And with my before surgery and after surgery picture, you can definitely see that. But um, I have seen women where their faces swell up. They get these outrageous rashes and um, you know, like Jeff said, you know, they had a lady that she had, it's been a steady decline of my health the past four years. And, um, but looking back after discovering that I had breast implant illness, which was not initially diagnosed by a doctor because they just don't all believe in it. So, um, but looking back, I could say it started happening within a year of me having my implants. I went through different bouts of depression. I, um, different things kind of like happening with my skin. I did, um, like my armpits would smell really bad for some reason. And, you know, I was taking two showers a day using deodorant and like shaving the whole nine. And I just thought, oh, it must be the soap that I'm using. It must be the deodorant I'm using, um, I developed an allergy to toothpaste, which is kind of a common thing, um, not only for breast implant illness people, but, you know, just the chemicals in it. But that never started until after I had my implants. I could definitely uh, say about six years ago is when I started feeling um, a lot of changes in my personality and um, definitely joint pain. I would just sit for a little while working on my laptop because at that point I worked from home and I would get up and I'd be so sore and so stiff. And, you know, I'm not eating unhealthy and I'm working out and I'm not overweight. And I'm just like, like, what is going on here? And maybe it's the way I'm sitting. Maybe there's something wrong with my back. Just thinking about it now, there's like so many times where I could think of something I haven't thought of in a long time. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that's probably from the breast implant illness. Then when I moved here, um, it wasn't long. And then I started having severe issues with my stomach and I developed colitis and kind of couldn't figure out like what was going on and joints started hurting really bad and kind of realized like every time I eat cheese and like dairy, it's, it's like my body hurts. And, um, and then the thing with my stomach, you know, I never had stomach issues my whole life and it just came on all of a sudden and it's pretty severe. And, um, then I started, I just sat there one day and I was like, I think my implants are making me sick. And then I started researching it and lo and behold, there was so much information out there. So many girls like me that, you know, I'm not necessarily like a spring chicken, but, you know, in my late 30s and very fit that like, what am I doing wrong? You know, I, I don't, I can't see that it's like necessarily me contributing something bad, like a lot of alcohol or, you know, prescription drugs. It wasn't, it wasn't any of that for me. And so like, what's, what's happening to me? And um, so, yeah, so then I just like discovered that that's what it was. And um, then I started going to doctor after doctor and telling them what's wrong. And they never, ever would ask me about my breast implants. And so I started telling them. And um, 
it's scary enough to go to the doctor knowing what you know about big pharma. So, you know, I, I had some negative encounters with that. And, you know, when you're going through something like breast implant illness and doctors don't believe in it or don't believe what you're saying or constantly trying to misdiagnose you with, oh, it could be something else, then um, it starts mentally mind-fucking you. You know, you have all these signs and symptoms. You know it's from the breast implant illness. You know it's not going to get better until you're able to get the implants out. But in the meantime, you're so scared. You know, I personally did have a lot of heart palpitations. I have been to the emergency room numerous times because even though in my heart, I guess I knew it was from the breast implant illness in my head, I'm like, well, what if it's a heart attack this time because the implants are making me so sick and then I don't go and then I die from a heart attack because I ignored the symptoms. It's a, it's very taxing on not only your body, but on your mental health. It's traumatic. Yeah. Having, um, I mean, already suffering with fatigue, feeling exhausted, feeling stressed out, your body is fighting and tired. And then the, the mental stress of going, um, to different doctors, having to go to the emergency room. I know that, you know, none of that situation was easy. And it's, it's especially terrible when you're trying to make your doctor aware of what you think is going on and they ignore you. And that's kind of, uh, a funny flip side of the story is that any other time that you go to the doctor, in my opinion, now you tell them what's wrong with you and they have no problem writing you a prescription for whatever it is that you want. Um, but the thing is, is a prescription is not going to cure what was going on with you. They I do want to touch on uh, a little story real quick, mm -hmm. because if anybody is struggling with this part of it, because there hasn't been a woman that I personally spoke to that suffered through breast implant illness that didn't experience the, um, the asshole doctors. Okay. I'll just put it really frank there. Um, I went to the emergency room one night and I told the doctor, you know, I do have breast implant illness. And he said, well, I never heard of that. And I can guarantee nobody else at this hospital has. And I was like, okay. And then whenever um, another doctor came in the room. He said, she said she has breast implant syndrome or something. And I'm like, it's not syndrome, it's breast implant illness. And it was like, you know, you're in the emergency room as if that's not stressful enough as it is, but these are the type of people that you're encountering. And it's like, you're there for help, which I did report him for that. And along with something else really nasty that he said to me. And so, um, that was that. But um, to anybody listening that might think they have this or is struggling with this, just like don't give up. You'll you'll get through it because there is people out there that do believe and do know. And um, in that doctor visit, I was actually admitted and stayed for quite a while. And the last doctor I saw was a female neurologist. And when I told her, she said, well, yeah, that's exactly why I never got breast implants. So she knew. And so a good thing to do is start asking your physicians or doctors that you do have to run into, um, are you familiar with breast implant illness rather than saying, this is what I have, have you heard of it? You know, because you, you have to approach it uh, a little bit differently so people will listen to you. Yeah, pre-screening. I do remember Jeff saying that is like you are in charge when you go to the doctor, it's up to you to interview them. Um, you don't just have to settle on one. So you can call and, and pre-screen and, and things like that. I thought that was excellent advice because me personally, I have not had to go for anything major or consistent, but um, hearing that from someone who's a professional gave me, uh, gives me a new look at it and some confidence when, when I'm approaching it. And um, we want to talk about some resources to help people. We will be dropping some links uh, included in this podcast description. Uh, so be sure to check that out. We have a couple of Facebook groups that were recommended to us and a couple of uh, people on Instagram that are recommended to us, as well as you guys can reach out to Tammy on Telegram for sure. So I want to talk about the misdiagnosis part. 
I want to talk about what are some of the things that when that was being ignored, what were you told that you have and what kind of treatment did you receive for those? Like you said, your stomach was really bad. So what were they saying about your stomach? Well, they told me to go see a gastroenterologist, a gastroenterologist. And I did. And um, with that, she told me that I had uh, diverticulitis and they wanted to put me on eight different type of medications. And so I said no. And um, she said, well, you have to because it's going to make it better. And I said, well, if it's going to make it better, like how long before it's cured? And she says, well, it's not really curable. And I said, well, then your medicine's not going to make it better. So, and just to be clear here, if you haven't listened to our podcast, I'm pretty, I'm very anti-pharma, big pharma. Um, I know medicine's there to keep you sick. So I flew to California, saw a Chinese herbalist, and he has uh, a far greater education than any of these indoctrinated doctors. And um, he diagnosed me with colitis, and uh, he gave me an herbal tea, and I drank that tea and was on a very specific diet for three weeks, and my stomach was healed for a year without a problem. And um, <clears throat> the, you know, the last few months, it, it has been bad again. And so I can't say that, like, I was cured, but he, when I went to this, this doctor in California, you know, when I, he spent 45 minutes with me, asked me everything under the sun. And I asked him in particular, I said, do you ever work with women with breast implant illness? And his response, his response was all the time. And he said, go home, get your IUD out, get your breast implants out. And then, you know, we'll push forward further after all that. So, you know, I went home and then got my IUD out and um, saved to get my breast implants out. And then COVID happened. <laughs> and so uh, it, it definitely prolonged the, me being able to follow through with my surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a merry-go-round. But, I, you know, I could be really grateful for the fact that you knew for a large portion of the time when you're at your sickest before getting your explant out that you knew what was going on with you. So that kind of helped balance things out because I, I just kind of, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't have to go through this thing of like, you're having all of these illnesses and it's, it's, oh my God, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? We knew very clearly what was making you sick. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm glad that you got them out. And now you're on the road to recovery. You want to talk about your experience um, with picking a doctor? Oh, well, I also, let me, let yeah. me, let me back this up here too. Okay. So when I'm going to my primary care physician, um, and I'm telling them all this stuff, they keep saying, it's anxiety. It's mm. anxiety. No shit, bitch. I, I'm fucking anxious. I'm sick as hell. Yeah, I'm anxious. But that, that was it. So I did get a new primary care physician. And when I went in and talked to her, she's like, oh, wow. Yeah, two of my best friends had breast implant illness. So I'll go ahead and write you the ICD-9 and ICD-10 codes. So maybe your insurance would take care of some of it, which they didn't, but at least she believed me. At least she listened. At least she tried. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really refreshing. I'm trying to think of any other... Well, I mean, because I've, I've been to a, the hospital and all that quite a few times. Um, another really scary story that happened to me is one night I was like having heart palpitations and the left side of my face went numb and they rushed me in the hospital. They thought I was having a stroke. I had a CAT scan, MRI, all this stuff. And that's when, that's when that doctor said breast implant syndrome. That mm -hmm. was that occasion. Yeah. Um, in the time that you were denied services due mm -hmm. to the jab, not, be, not being jabbed. Right. Yeah. And not wanting to get tested. Yeah. So I, I would like to share that part is, uh, you know, Tammy goes into the hospital and she's she's having a problem and they need to run some tests on her. And uh, they were they basically said, like, since you're not jabbed and she didn't want to take the test, that 
um, that they couldn't do the procedures um, in the emergency room. And so that was that was pretty shocking to me. So I called back and I, I spoke to uh, the head nurse that was working at that time. And I said, uh, I said, you know, if she had wrapped her, her wrapped her car around a tree and comes in there and needed this emergency scan to find out what was going on with her, would you guys have wasted time with test this, that, and the third? I said, no, you would have treated it like an emergency. If you didn't know if she was C-19 positive or negative, you would have done it under presumed positive and followed the correct proto- protocol. Don't ask me where this, uh, this information just popped into my brain with like how it would really work. When I say that my best friend does work in emergency trauma surgery. And so before they have time to do anything else and you have to be treated for whatever critical thing is happening, they, as you go in, everybody that's working there is prepared as if you were C-19 positive. So in the emergency room situation, I thought that was quite ridiculous to deny services um, based on that. But we've definitely seen our fair share of that, whether it's uh, something simple like going to a restaurant, going here, there, and the other place, and then people getting booted from work, people not being able to seek certain treatments. I was recently reading a story about a little boy who is like, deathly ill and needs um needs a, a a transplant of some sort and they won't give it to him because they won't jab him and uh i just think at this point you know i'm i'm just really looking forward to real doctors real frontline doctors getting together and having places where the american people can go and receive treatment without this ridiculousness yeah i hope that a lot of doctors and nurses that know they've been lied to for years, get together and team up with holistic practitioners. And you could kind of have the best of both worlds, but like an honest situation, you know, because like as much as I hate big pharma, I am willing to sit here and say, yes, there is some things in that field or industry that have literally saved people's lives, of course. However, It's become so diluted with criminals and false information and pressure that it's just like people are terrified to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And that includes me for the past, you know, two and a half, well, it's almost three years now. And that visit that Katie's talking about when I walked in, you know, the nurse said, oh, you have the sniffles. You're going to have to get a COVID test. I said, can you show me a law that states that? Well, never mind then. (laughs) And it ended there with the... I guess the triage nurse, that's what mm-hmm. you call it whenever you check in. Um, but the the emergency room doctor, he gave me a really hard time. And he diagnosed me with Bell's palsy, gave me a super bad medicine that I shouldn't be on um, because I do take another medication for a seizure disorder and uh, sent me on my way. And I shortly after went and saw another doctor and they're like, I have no idea why they gave you this. My primary care physician said, you shouldn't be taking that medicine. So yeah, it's all corrupt, just like politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So moving forward, I want to talk about your experience with with finding the right doctor. And uh, what was that experience like knowing that you, you know, how did you know that that was going to be the right doctor for you? And uh, what did she tell you pre-surgery? How was surgery? Let's get into that. All right. So originally I wanted to go to Dr. David Rankin in Jupiter, Florida, which our friend Jeff that was on our podcast, he works in the same practice as him. Um, And I, you know, originally put in down payment on that and then had some financial troubles. So my appointment got backed up. And so while my deposit was sitting there, um, I'm like, okay, well, you know, let let me build this back up again so I could go get my surgery. Um, But then my health, like the last nine months was the worst it's ever been. And it was like I had like new symptoms or more severe symptoms every week, sometimes every day. Um, one day when we we're here doing the podcast, my head was hurting me so bad. Like I cried in between guests on the couch. I was, I was so sad, so sick, so miserable, so tired of being sick. So I'm like, you know, I just, I have to get this done. So 
Dr. Rankin, fortunately for him, he's so in demand, but now at this point, they, his weight is um, a year, two years out. And I'm just like, I can't wait anymore. So they graciously refunded me my deposit. And my best friend, Ashley, she got implants. She got hers removed about a year or two after she got them because she started experiencing symptoms. And she said, hey, go see Dr. Black. And Dr. Black is local here. She's like, just have an appointment with her. I guarantee you'd like her. And Ashley's been my best friend since we were in sixth grade. So I said, okay, I'll go see her. Plus, I, I know that she did a fantastic job on her. So I went and talked to Dr. Black. And um, she is super sharp, an amazing woman, um, great, like a master at her craft. She's a mom, very understanding um, and she truly believes that implants make women sick. And um, and she does a variety of plastic surgery. However, like when it comes to breasts, that's all she will do is explants. And so that made me very happy and very comfortable. And I loved her. And being in this mess for so long, I went in and I said, look, you know, take them out. I want them out. There's no talking me into it. You know, like take me today if you can. So when I originally went in, she told me, you know, your appointment could be the 16th or the 23rd of May. And I said, the sooner the better. And then they called me with the final appointment. And they said, hey, we do have May 4th open up. And I said, I'll take it. And so, uh, yeah, then we, I just kind of got my stuff together. And um, one thing I did do is I went to a local blood bank and I donated blood to myself to have on reserve. That way, in case of an emergency, they would have my blood, my unvaccinated blood on reserve to give me a blood transfusion, which is super highly unlikely, very, very rare an occurrence, you know, but I I didn't want to take any chances. So I did do that. And um, I don't know how it would be in your area, but in our area here, you had to do that at least 48 hours, 48 hours. It wasn't 72, maybe 72. Yeah, I, I think it was 72 hours before you actually have the surgery that way they have time to do whatever they do and then also get it over to the surgery center so all that was taken care of and it was a go and um so i went in for surgery i didn't have to wait long i put my gown on and they prepped me for surgery i also got a chance to take some before pictures and before you know it, I was being swept off into the room, which was, it was great because, you know, just sitting there waiting for a surgery, that's kind of, uh, that's stressful. So I didn't have to do that. And as soon as I woke up, Dr. Black showed me the capsules and my implants. And she said, everything went fantastic. Um, the implants were intact. So they, you know, weren't really like leaking all over my body. And she probably said some other stuff, but I was high from the anesthesia, so I don't really remember. I was, you know, got to the room and I was in the surgery center, which was really nice, very clean. They took really good care of me, checked in on me a lot. And my doctor, one thing I really loved about her was she gave me her personal cell phone number as soon as I became a patient and made the decision that she was going to be my doctor. And so... You just stay overnight in the hospital. The next day you go home and whenever, you know, let me back it up a little bit. So when it, when I was in the hospital room and I kind of came to and the anesthesia wore off, my best friend Ashley did come in to visit me and she's like, oh my God, you look so different already. Your eyes are so bright the whites are so bright. Your eyes look more light green like they normally would. And you know, the swelling in my face went down a little bit. And um, I had all this redness on my cheeks. And um, I'm still not sure if that's contributed to my stomach or the breast implant illness or a little bit of both. It has improved a great deal. But I do still find that some foods will trigger it a little bit. Um, but yeah, so you could definitely see the difference right away. I took some photos. I took photos every day. And um, then I went home the next day and just started my healing. And I had two drains um, placed in the incision. 
And um, that was really annoying, but it was not as annoying as thinking that you're going to die when you go to sleep from having poisonous silicone in your body. Um, so we had the, I had those, and um, the right one was doing great. The left one was really slow, so I ended up getting the right one out, keeping the left one on a little bit longer, which I didn't mind because I'm like, whatever you have to do to make sure everything is perfect because I do not want to have another surgery again. You know, you just have to really bite the bullet and say, okay, I'm not going to rush this and really take care of yourself. Don't lift anything too heavy, uh, things like that. Um, so yeah, then I went and got the last one out. I felt great. Went in for my checkup, um, like a week after I got the drains out and she took you know, the after photos and she's like, they look amazing. And how do you feel? I'm like, I feel like a new person. And, um, my energy was up. I can't say at this point that every symptom that I had has gone away. Um, I do still suffer with bouts of brain fog and, but I had my implants in for a really long time and they're full of heavy metals and just like the feelings that can cause Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever, it's, it's poisoning not only your body, but your brain. Um, so just to be safe, I am following up actually with my neurologist on the 30th, um, just to make sure everything's okay and intact in there, because there's, there's some times where I just don't feel quite normal. And, um, but I know it's going to take time. It's only been eight weeks, but you know, with everything that happened with from the time that I knew that I was really sick from my implants till I got my implants out, things, you know, life hasn't been all like peaches and cream and, and easy. And then when you're sick and you're having, you know, financial lows and you just, you, you don't have the energy to get up and get another job or do one more hustle or things like this. It's, it's almost like you almost just want to give up on everything because you feel that bad. And so it was, you know, with the help of my loving family and support of a friend that made it possible for me to get that surgery along with, you know, we have our podcast and we had a truther merch and we sold some of that and all that money was contributed to my surgery. But I, I thank God that it really worked out that way because I really felt like I couldn't go on anymore living like that. And it wasn't to where I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I will say it was to the point where like when I'd open my eyes in the morning, I'd be like, fuck because I know I just had like a day of feeling like shit ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to feel like shit. And I, I like to be active and things like that. So um, I'm super happy I got them out. I wouldn't ever recommend getting breast implants to anyone. If your breasts are uneven, that's normal. If your breasts are misshapen from having a baby, I wouldn't even say misshapen if they are mom boobs you know, wear that shit like a warrior. I mean, there is a such thing you can get a fat transfer, you can get a lift if you're willing to go through the surgery. But don't just do it. Because you think, oh, I'm going to look good. Think about the future. Think about how it's going to affect you if one of them start to leak, or if you have that allergic reaction to silicone. If you have kids, think, how the hell am I going to take care of my kids if I feel like shit every day of my life? Lucky for me, my son has grown. Um, he's almost 23 now. But if he was a baby, I don't know what I would have done in, in this situation or how that would have turned out. So if you have young kids, like, please think twice before you mutilate your body with this. It's, you know, and I love my implants. They look great. I had great tits. But was it worth it? Like not even for one minute. I would never, ever, not for $20 million, I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Might have looked great, but what you really had 
was killer tits. That's I exactly. I had killer tits. And, you know, people would say, oh, well, you don't look sick. And then now I show them the before and afters and they're like, yeah, you look sick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a difference. Wow. You look 10 years younger. Um, yeah. So while you have your, your boobs that might look perky and young and pretty, your face looks old and dehydrated because it affects your hormones. And um, that was really disappointing for me because I, I loved skincare my whole life and I've always taken care of my skin. And to see like my face like swelling up and looking, even the color of this, my mm-hmm. skin changed. It was like ashy almost looking on on my face. It didn't necessarily like feel super dry or it wasn't flaky, but like one photo next to the other, I think I look like a different person. Yeah. I know I sure feel like a different person. Yeah, even the outbreaks affect you mentally because you spend all that time and money and money and it's something that you really care about and you you hold near and dear and you did everything right and then to look at to look at it and you see an outbreak or it doesn't look the way that it's supposed to look and stuff like that. Even that affects you mentally, you know. I feel I feel that if I, you know, if I just get one pimple, I'm like I feel a little bit like, oh, God, like, do I cover it up? Do I squeeze it? Do I just stay inside today? Like, I have two little kids, though. So, you know, Caitlin's going to ask me, what's that on your face? Or do you have a boba <laughs> or what it is? She's going to really it, point yeah, it out. Yeah, it really does. Probably it, in the grocery store, nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, every woman cares about what mm-hmm. they look like, whether they admit it or not, you know. Yeah. And um, everybody has their insecurities. And it's kind of ironic, you know, the the most perfectly proportioned part of my body was the thing that was killing me, Mm -hmm. the thing that looked the most perfect on the outside. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a huge mistake. Yeah. And um, I'm just so glad it's it's over. Me too. Me too. Um, I did want to ask you um, prior to your surgery. I know we've been taught we talk about faith a lot and things like that. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity to bring up and, you know, where was God in all of this and who are the friends that you're surrounding yourself with? Well, Morgus the Magnificent is my dog. And uh, then you guys know my sister. That's my friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I, I've had the same friends my whole life, but, um, and they are, they are believers. And, um, my best friend, Ashley, she would remind me often, keep praying about it. And, um, then on telegram, I made some friends and it's a husband and wife and they have a group called Patriot Prayer Warriors. And so I started going in their group twice a week, a prayer request chat, and then a Bible study chat. And at that point, it was very close to my surgery. um, But before I actually knew the date, before I knew I was going to be able to have the surgery, but very close to it, I was like such a bad place mentally. And, um, so I went in there and I would always like listen to them, like pray for other people. And they say, always say, do you have any prayer requests and this and that? Or sometimes I'd mention a, a friend or a family member or whatever. And, um, one day I said, me, yeah, me pray for me. I was like, if I don't get this stuff out of my body, I feel like I'm going to die. And I was crying for help literally. And, um, they did a whole group prayer for me. And the people that are in there are very, very committed to their faith. And uh, I think that group has a really special connection with God, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of amazing the testimonials that people go back and, and tell them. Like, God is definitely in that Telegram chat. For sure. Yeah. Like, he, I mean... I'm not, I mean that very literally. Yeah. So, so well, um, I want to say this, I want to say this is that it does say in the Bible where there's two or more gathered, you know, with, with him in mind, with God's word and things like that, that, that he will, he will always be present. And, um, I'll, I just want to say that I've experienced that group and it's amazing. I'm going to give a special shout out to Raspberry Rose. 
Oh, when yeah. she when she talks, um, it's a constant mixture between goosebumps and tears mm-hmm. when she when she starts praying. Uh, I listen to, you know, I have my Bible uh, playlist on Spotify because I don't really listen to much anything else anymore. But now knowing her and I'm listening to some of the gospel songs, some of the words that they're saying in the gospel song, it instantly reminds me of her and um, mm-hmm. just the group in general. It's, it's a great group. And so I'm glad that you that you brought that up. I'm glad that they were able to to pray for you and and be present. And I know even not in that group, but in our Bible study group that we were definitely praying for you and your immune system and things like that. And it's really, it's a wonderful thing to be surrounded by, um, by people who are believers and people that are deep in their faith. Cause mm-hmm. it really does help, um, spiritually bind yeah. you with, with the good things in life. Right. Not only that is that even though I somewhat know these people through telegram, it's like, I don't know them. I've never met them in person. And not only did they pray for me more than once, one of the owners of the group, Emily, she reached out to me almost daily saying, Hey, I'm praying for you. How are you feeling? And all through my surgery and recovery and everything, they, you know, they, they constantly checked on me. And then I was able to go back in their group and say, you know, you guys prayed for me, for my health and for my financial situation and for God to allow me to, I mean, it was very, very specific Mm -hmm. for God to allow me to get this surgery. Yeah. And within like a week, I was at Dr. Black's office scheduling my surgery. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely, uh, I think God played a huge part you know, um, and that's, and so, yeah, so now I still try to make sure I go and this week I did miss it. Honestly, I did miss it. Um, but I do still try to go in their chat and try to, you know, receive the word of God and big B is Emily's husband. And he, he does, I think, do some preaching at a church, but I'm, I don't think that's his main job. I don't know. Um, but he's definitely the pastor to our group. Mm-hmm. You know, and people take turns praying for one another and they could pray for anything, really anything like, you know, oh, you know, send me somebody that's going to fix my plumbing to this person's dying. Mm-hmm. And they, they're so great. Like they take this prayer just as seriously as the other prayer. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing is too big or too small. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, I do. I do just want to include, just in case somebody is not, maybe has not been involved with the prayer group or Bible study or something like that. Um, that's exactly what you can expect, expect from people that are biblically sound. Is that, um, and that's really a testament to God as well, because God wants that relationship with you. He knows when you're talking to them. I see a lot of people today getting caught up in what name to call him, Yeshua, um, and then talking to God, Elohim, and and all of these things. And and that's wonderful. But like Obi had brought up, um, it really doesn't matter. You can pray in your mind or out loud. God mm-hmm. knows when you're talking to him. And he wants that relationship with you all day long. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and I will tell you that part of the story too. After that night, that I like really broke down to them and and prayed mm-hmm. that, and I, and I never really pray out loud. I I pray, you know, my house is quiet. I always pray every night, but I do just quietly. But that night after that, I prayed out loud and I begged God. And I was like, please, I can't take it anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And then I tried to pray like a little bit differently. And so I know he heard me. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Heard. And that's not the first time that God's answered my prayers. Yeah. And it won't be the last. Yeah. It won't be the last. But you keep building on that relationship with him. So whether it's you see something that's, uh, that's, that's you know, disturbing, that needs prayer, you know somebody that's sick, or it's always also a great time to be thankful, you know, when mm. you have a nice phone call with, with your child um, or you see a beautiful 
beautiful flowers or it's a nice day or or whatever it is like for for us anytime we get a breeze between june and august every time i feel a breeze i say oh thank god mm-hmm. you know i want to make sure that god knows that i'm excited to feel this breeze and that i thank him for that because my goodness gracious it's hot mm-hmm. it is hot and so um, just, just keeping it in the, in the everyday, the little things, mm-hmm. um, that, I, yeah, I do. I do thank easy. God every day when I wake up and say, you know, thank you for giving me the breath of my lungs and thank you for getting these breast implants out of me. You know, I mean, that might, it sound crazy to some people, but it's like, it was such a burden on my life for so long. Well, it saved your life getting them out. Yeah, it's, it really did. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's just like, you know, when you have, like a bad cold or something, mm-hmm. you're like, what do you always say? I'm so sick. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be sick. Like imagine doing that for years, mm-hmm. like damn near every day. It's yeah. not fun. No. And so it felt like 20 years that I felt like that. I know in reality it wasn't, but ugh. Yeah. There's only so so long. Mm-hmm. I, I had explained it kind of in that context to my friends, you know, when – because they say kind of the same thing. They hear the podcast and they're like, well, you know, she doesn't sound sick or she was podcasting or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you you really don't get it. It's It's been a battle for, for quite some time now. And you just, it's already causing her to feel exhausting. And then the mental part of it of, you know, knowing that it's not going to end until they're out is, is even worse. It's like Mm -hmm. definitely dragging that, uh, ball and chain around with you all day, but thank God, God breaks chains. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners today? Just like myself, if you have, or know someone that has experienced this, like I said in the beginning, please keep speaking about it. And, you still never know who you're going to touch. I have a friend and her and her friend were thinking about going to get implants together. Hmm. And after she listened to our podcast and listened to Jeff Rose talk about it, she said, you know what? I changed my mind. Good. And I cried. I was like, that's like so... I didn't even explain it. Like you made a difference in someone else's life. You saved someone else's life. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't say that because you never but you know. Can't, but you can't. Just like you never know, you never know. It could have been she got him and had the allergic reaction. And so you really, no matter how you look at it, you did save her life. You saved her a lot of pain and uh, the possibility of suffering, the possibility mm-hmm. of death. And to me, that's life-saving. Right. That's and life-saving. I think it touched my heart even more is because she has two younger boys. Mm-hmm. And just like I said, you know, like, God, what I, what I have done if my son was young and well, her kids are young. Yeah. So it doesn't only affect you. It affects everyone around you. Yeah. And my sister can definitely vouch for that. And I know my mom can as well. Even after my surgery, my mom even said that. She said, you seem like a different person now. And I said, well, when I said I was dying, I wasn't joking, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so so yeah, that um, if after she told me that, like even if no one ever listened to that podcast again, that was it was so worth it for me to do that. And at that time when we did the first podcast, I was really sick. I was an emotional basket case even talking about it. Because it was just like, I still had it in my body and I was just like, fuck, I made a mistake. I made a huge mistake. And uh, you really beat yourself up over that. Mm-hmm. And um, the prayer group, my close friends and family that like helped me through it. And then that one message about my message. Yeah. I think those three things combined, like in a nutshell, is like, Worth all of that stuff I just talked about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks for spreading awareness about it. Um, you know, there's <clears throat> not everybody can care about everything all of the time. We definitely get that, which is one reason why we try to talk about a wide variety of topics and things like that. Um, and try to speak to things um that are that are important to us because we know that our 
our people are out there. There's people that are similar to us and people that are not afraid to speak up, to speak the truth, whether it be um, about what's going on in the world today, uh, about the history um, and the lies that we've been through as that, as far as like being a country, people that will speak up and speak the truth about things that are really going on. Uh, that includes our faith, that includes telling people that God is real and uh, he's with us every day, all day. And he is there for you and he wants that relationship with you. And there's nothing that you've done that you can't repent for and ask for forgiveness and uh, very simply being being grateful um, and not being tied to this world, being able to look out and move forward and focus on the salvation of our soul. But meantime, doing something very important while we're here. I wanted to ask you about detox when you talked about the heavy metals and stuff after your neuro neurological appointment. Are you going to start trying yeah, to do a heavy yeah. metal detox? As, yeah. As soon That's as next. I get done with this neurological appointment, then I will start doing a heavy metal detox. And then I think that after that's done, I'm going to go through and um, start really focusing on like all the different organs in my stomach and all that to get that straight so we could do maybe okay. a maybe a stomach update. <laughs> yeah, we'll do We'll do a follow up. Um, I know a lot of people are interested in heavy metal detoxes as well, because mm -hmm. we are surrounded, uh, you know, by toxic, toxic ingredients. So uh, I know that not just people with breast implants are doing that. Right. Um, I did have a couple more things that I wanted to ask you. I know you said I know I said that I was closing out. But um, I want to bring up your favorite talking about uh, the trans community and all of these guys that are getting uh, breast implants and butt implants and things like that, do you think that uh, they will also be suffering with? Absolutely, because men are already suffering from different implants of medical silicone devices and calf implants are huge in men. And they like, cause they're, like a huge mm -hmm. thing in men, especially men that are into fitness that compete professionally. Mm -hmm. And there, there has been public cases of men experiencing all kinds of crazy stuff happening with their bodies due to the silicone in their body. Yeah. So it's tragic enough they're suffering from the mental illness. Yeah, that's going to be really hard for them to d differentiate if they already, um, you know, are not mentally stable and things like that. Are they going to notice that once they have this stuff in, I mean, and God knows they're taking other hormones and blockers and all right. these other things. Yeah, it's, it's just not a good idea because the implants, that's what like the it messes with the most is your hormones. Yeah. And these people are taking hormone replacements or hormone blockers, mm -hmm. and then they're already mentally ill, and that's why they are doing the things that they're doing. Yeah. So this is really going to, uh, you know, could be an, an added layer of, uh, of chaos to a lot of people, right. you know, that's part of this movement. Clear that I don't agree with it, so let me not just try to skate around with it. Not that I agree with it at all, um, but – there is a very, there is this part of me, I'm going to say it's my heart and being so much deeper in my faith now and stuff like that, I still feel bad for what these people are going through. Um, because what I realize is that it's really at this point, it's not necessarily a choice, you know, say, oh, well, no one's, you know, born this way and stuff like that, because God does not make a mistake. But knowing what I know now between having such faith and then knowing that uh, people really don't control how much programming that they've been subjected to, mm -hmm. um, the pills, the medication they've been subjected to, uh, and the other ingredients that they're inj injecting into their body, the toxic food that they're eating and things like that is really just a combination uh, for disaster. Yeah, I can agree with that. There is a lot of elements and a lot of dark forces that contribute to the whole trans movement that's going on right now. And um, yeah, I definitely believe in, uh, you know, being yourself. However, you know, hating on everyone else while you're in that process and trying to indoctrinate kids and shove it down their throat is a totally different thing. But I know not all trans people do that. I definitely know not that's not the all the gay agenda um but the normalizing pedophilia part i think is the part where most people draw the line and um the ones that do that are making everybody else look bad and it's causing 
more division. So, uh, yeah, we'll be praying for y'all. Yeah, And I'll pray for all the people that, you know, they can open their mind to and understand that it's not every single gay person or trans person. Yeah, exactly. We all have a choice. We all have a choice to make. And God does not want you to be hot and cold, uh, one foot in, one foot out. He wants you to be either hot or cold. If you believe in God, claim it. Give him the glory. And um, that will, I think that that will radiate, that will um, make you glow and set you apart. And that will make people curious as to what you're doing. You will probably encounter uh, some jealous people. And uh, we know that we'll be persecuted for our beliefs uh, because we see very much an attack on who we are, even, you know, just being in faith. You know, I say that we're we're truthers and that is a that's how we are supposed to be according to the bible we are supposed to tell the truth and it doesn't matter who we piss off they say the truth will set you free and the continuation of that is but first it's going to piss you off um and uh the, a, a lot of things that's happening right now it's it's easy to get caught up in and be upset about it but don't stop sharing the truth uh no matter what what you come up against, uh, I just encourage you to definitely pray about it and be leading with love uh, for all of those things instead of uh, angry, blaming it on it's the right, it's the left, it's this, it's that. Uh, we definitely have a a human uh, crisis right now with, with so much hate and division, and uh, I will definitely be praying for all of our listeners. Uh, this is actually our last episode of our season premiere our season one and we are going to be back in August which I'm very excited about yeah we have a lot of exciting things on the horizon definitely and uh we've launched our truther merch right now we have the two truther shirts available um and of in July Right now, we have two Truther shirts available. That is the green and the crimson available. It says Truther on the front. And we have two new shirts coming out on the, I want to say the 5th of July. Hopefully, everything is lined up. You can pre-order your Truther throwback or your Truther current events now. Uh, if you need to do that, you can just hit us in the DM, either on Instagram or on Telegram, Louisiana Sister Squad on both pages. Yeah, I'm excited for the shirts. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for the new shirts to come in. I'm so happy that things turned out the way they did and we got canceled and can pursue our own brand. And we love all the people that love to support patriot conservative women, entrepreneurs, and small businesses instead of the big box stores. So we hope you check our Truth or Merch line out. Yep. And be sure to pre-order. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's stay on. Let's stay on current events. Let's close out with a current event. Tammy, can you tell us what is a woman? Me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. A woman. I'm a woman, a mother, and if I could do it again, I'd be a breastfeeder. <laughs> Just trying to eliminate the the new um, things that we got labeled as. And the, is it the cis or the sus? Which one is it? Oh, not sus. Sus is suspect. Uh, cis. Cis. Okay. The cis term was designed by pedophiles. Oh, my gosh. So if you are using that term and you are not a pedophile, shame on you. Or that's your news flash and please stop. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Or here's the crazy guy. What's this say? A crazy. Uh, here's a. What's it called? What is it? What did my thing say? You know the thing. You know the thing. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. So we want to thank all of the uh, supporters for Louisiana Sister Squad podcast. We absolutely could not do this without you guys. And we love doing it with you, for you, and having you guys be involved with all of the different moves we're making. Um, 
and be involved with all the different moves we're making. We look forward to the future with you. And if this is your first time listening, thank you for being here. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you for being here. Be sure to share our podcast, our page, and tell a friend about the truth you heard on Louisiana Sister Squad podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you. See ya. The truth train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform, Telegram, for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there.